Wake up, little dreamer. Wake up. The nightmare is about to begin. yourself my friend hello everyone i am caleb the bard as was said in tales of york um yeah so we are here and it's good to be back it's good to be back yeehaw yeehaw <laughs> we're back after a couple weeks on hiatus life has been crazy for the strangers guild um but we have a really interesting story and so what i wanted to do before we get back into the full big campaign that we've been uh, building up towards is basically a session where we come back to our characters one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Uh, basically, it's going to be a, a solo session with Nordia. How are we doing? Are, do you think we're good to go? Any feedback? I am okay to go. I got my character sheet up and everything. Fantastic. Cool. We didn't level up last session, did we? Uh, uh, no, you didn't. Okay, got it. Because we're just gonna making kinda... sure. So uh, we are level three, unless I, I'm mistaken. Yes, three. Yes, uh, we are level three. And so for <laughs> uh, today, basically what we're doing is coming back to, to Nordia, who is our, our divination wizard. And with a lot of... A lot of what we're doing here today is just character exploration, but it is also going to play like an actual, uh, it is going to be a game of D&D. So it might look a little different than y'all are used to, uh, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, I do want to make one last check before we get going. Nordia, can I get a nature check? No! <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I like <laughs> dice. Um, I have lots of dice, and I like when my players get to use their dice. So. Oh, okay. Um, well, what's my nature? What's my nature? Okay, it's plus five. That's a 15. 15. Not too bad. Okay. Not too bad for the first rollback. Fantastic. So on the first rollback in many moons, Nordia. Something that will be news to you as the player and you as the character. Um, is we had been going pretty much full throttle uh, before our break as far as you know the plot of the campaign and everything. However, today is a quiet day. Nordia, on a 15, you uh, wake up. And if you would like to remind, or if you need me to remind everyone where your character has been sleeping lately, Ah, yes. 
DM uh, the the name of the place that I have been sleeping Mm -hmm. that I for sure Mm -hmm. definitely know and am not desperately searching for at this what's the name would of you, the place the tipsy scale is the tavern that the tipsy scale it did get a little hectic because there was a for uh the session before there was a lot of fey wild type jumping around and stuff uh, but that is where nordia's home base has been since the contract so to speak that your character was was assigned on a 15 you wake up in the tipsy scale it's been a couple days since the brick cone event and with everything that was going on as far as you know magic returning to Dalbert, uh the cliff jumping events that have been uh full throttle, some gang activity, some cult activity, the wardens have been restless, the church has been upheaved by this immediate resurrection of magic, but also just a, a consciousness of the people. Uh, Dalvern has not had this, this breath of fresh air in a while. However, uh, you notice on that 15, right before you're about to step out of the tavern, Uh, that today, for the first time in a long time, it's raining. It's a cloudy day, uh, very overcast, uh, but it is is raining. And as you uh, are awaking, uh, you may do whatever it is that you believe Nordia would do, you know, getting up from bed, and we can walk through that. yeah, on a 15, you just notice that it's raining. It's a beautiful day if you're into gray skies and uh-huh. And <laughs> um, so Nordia um, gets out of her bed, automatically makes it, um, looks around, sees her her room. Is she in a different room now since she broke through the floor before? Or did they just repair it? Or is she just sleeping with the room with the hole in the floor? (laughs) So you will notice that the room that you are in is the same Mm -hmm. room. Uh, Okay. There were uh, mending and other spells and also just simple uh, reconstruction that's happened to this space. Um, But if you look at the floor, it is a noticeable difference the uh the area that you and gunner broke through uh, a couple days ago is replaced and the wood before was a maroon almost like a deep cedar color but since you know it was pretty out of the blue um, the distinct hole is a very bright it, it very much clashes with the rest of the room uh you can see that it was put together as a structural thing not as much a to look good if that makes yeah sense. um nordia uh looks at the the large patch and um with everything that had been going on this is the first time that she's able to sleep in the room that she's calling her own currently and uh, she puts her 
thigh holster book situation um, on and bends down and just like lightly grazes the the seams of the new patch up uh with her with her fingers and and smiles to herself and says that beautiful brute <laughs> you look around and and that beautiful brute is not here gunner who was the fighter that y'all met in a way that for some reason as you wake this morning is a little difficult to remember you remember his face and you remember falling through the floor here and a battle with a woman whose name you can't remember you know it's there but it's it's like when someone's asking you to name a elementary teacher. It, it, it's right there, but you can't quite grasp how you met this man. Only the, the face and glimpses of moments come back to you. As she realizes this, um, she opens her notebook and desperately starts panning through the pages to see if she sees anything that sparks a memory that feels more grounding to her since everything feels kind of foggy. Gotcha. Um, if you want to give me a investigation or a history check. I would love to give you a history check. What a good check to ask ask the divination wizard to do. <laughs> um, uh, 12 plus 7, 19. 19. Okay, cool. And you're specifically looking through your personal notebook, or? Yeah, so all of the stuff she has about the Breckening is in a separate notebook um, than the one that she's been, like, trying to piece everything together in, um, and where she basically does her, like, journal entries of everything. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I will say that uh, you keep your notes in a way that makes sense to you. Um, you probably know that if, if a random person was to steal one of your notebooks, it might look chaotic to them. It, it might be in a language that they don't know. Um, however, as you're looking over your notes, certain runes and lines and and pieces of ink have been meddled with. And on a 19, I will say that you realize that it's, it feels almost as if someone with a, uh, a wet rag or something has tried to scrub away parts of your notes. Um, but you've worked with ink and with quills and with parchment for a while, and you realize that it's not a physical alteration. And as you look further into these notes and your mind tries to grasp, you remember a beach where you're, you're fighting, sparring with this man. You remember the dagger that he gave to you. 
but you realize that every time that you would have written down his name, it's not there. However, on pages where Nordia, you believe you would usually leave blank or leave spaces, there are doodles of a human man's face. And at this moment, it kind of becomes apparent to you that probably some point at night, because of the way that your Kalistar dream magic works, you, in the middle of the night, notice that while this magic was interfering with your memory, you had sleepily, almost as if you were sleepwalking, drawn these these faces to try to remember this man's face. Nordia brushes her fingers against the drawing and closes her notebook, puts it in her thigh satchel, opens the window and puts her hand out into the rain. As the rain is about to touch your hand, you see a lot of the aftermath of the battle has been repaired. Uh, a lot of, you look out over the city, there's there's buildings that are pretty much back to how they were before. But you do see a, a single red light in the distance. It, you can't pinpoint exactly with how the rain is falling down. At this moment, though, if you could give me either a perception or investigation. Um, I will say these are for two separate things. Mm -hmm. Investigation, it's Nordia. She's inquisitive. It's an investigation. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. As you look out into the rain, uh, you you do see that there is a a figure, uh, somewhat familiar build, but you can't quite place it because you're not focusing on that person. That person enters the tavern, but while that happens, you're looking out over the city and that that red light that i was talking about you realize that there is three figures standing on the roof of a building close to the church um and the building is there because it is a a bookstore that you like to go to you had heard that on a 15 i will say even though you have this kind of groggy recollection of what's happened in the past couple of days, uh, you do remember the Axis Augury. The Axis. How do you spell that last word? Augury, A-U-G-U-R-Y. And if I misspelled that, I'm sorry. But yeah, that, that is the way I have it. <laughs> um, That's what matters. Yes. In this world, it's spelled like that. That's what matters. <laughs> So you, you, you look out and you see these these three figures. You can't make it out completely from here. But on a 15, you do recognize what building it, it's on. And you recognize that that little bit of red is not typical to the, the technology of the city. Uh, meaning that there's some sort of arcane nature to what's happening. Um, but you do recognize the building. 
as the Axis Augury, which is a, a bookstore that is, it's funny because it's positioned very close to the church um, that you will be familiar that Dianthus and other uh, friends that you've met so far uh, work and reside in. However, this specific bookstore is kind of positioned there to be a little satirical uh, because it's all fantasy uh, versus uh, the moon tower that Freckle works in. It's more of a historical thing. Uh, the Axis Augury is where a lot of the creatives, the artists, the, the orators of, you know, different historical fictions and sort of thing. Yeah, on a 15, that's what you picked up. Okay. Did I... Did, did I feel the rain hit me? You did. Um, okay. The, the check was to see if you noticed anything as you did. Uh, because okay. Because you do notice as the rain hits you that there is a almost intoxicating effect... Uh, that is not typical to Dalvern climate, right? Uh, you know, it's rained here before. You you felt rain. You've been caught in the rain before. This rain's different, and you don't really know why. But uh, do I do I remember like Dianthus's name, Yarrow, Lady M? Do I remember them? Give me. This is going to be a pretty easy roll. Um. Every time anyone's ever said that to me, I get like a that one. <laughs> we can either do a a one roll for okay. each member of the party, like uh, just one roll to see what you remember. Okay. Or if you think Nordia would try to pinpoint each person. I think Nordia would try to pinpoint each person. Okay. Um, so. I guess what I will ask you to do in this instance, because there isn't a, you know, specific friend check. Um, <laughs> friendship. Friendship. <laughs> um, give me. Let's do some charisma saves. Oh. Okay. And How many? I would Three? like. I would like, for, you as you do this, to mm -hmm. name the person you're trying to remember and then and then do the roll. Okay. I'm gonna use the dice that I would I, I associate with them then. Okay. So first I'm gonna go with Lady M, because that's Nordia's bestie. I feel like that's the first person she would try to pull or something. Okay, 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 okay. Charisma save. It's plus one, so that's a 15. 15. Lady M is kind, but not, not, not to others. You know Lady M to be kind because you've sat with her and you've had tea and you've talked about boys and you've discussed hardship and fear and something that is difficult with what you're trying to process right now is usually 
Nordia, I'm sure you're great at keeping track of people you interview, stories that you're doing. Last night, you don't remember to be anything particularly crazy. Um, you're not hungover. You, you're not inhibited by something of your doing. But you do feel a presence as you recall Lady M's face. You do remember each of the interactions that you've had. But even while you're thinking of her, you have a feeling that you're being watched specifically in your memories of your friend. Excuse me. There's not a, a big break in which I can just note, but everybody knows. <laughs> this is when, when Betty and I drop our jaws and then start writing really quickly. <laughs> okay, so I guess I, I go for the next one. What well, looks like a, a Dianthus dice. I feel like this scary boy, this scary boy is going to tell me if I remember Dianthus or not. Six? Okay. I should let you know that these are opposed roles, by the way. Oh, no! <laughs> Nordia, different from the feeling, I'll say for flavor, as you're thinking of these people, uh, you're, you're just kind of, Nordia is kind of staring out into the rain, just kind of letting the, the morning take you. Before I explain, Dianthus, though, Nordia, do you know, or what do you think Nordia drinks? in the morning. Herbal tea. Herbal tea. Your thought process, that feeling of being watched, takes you to an image of a shadow. Piercing blue dots, not eyes. You, you know that they are eyes because of where they stand on this individual. But you've never seen these eyes before. And these eyes are terrifying. And trying to think of this person exhausts you. And a little bit of tea spills over the front of the glass as you have to kind of catch yourself. Um, Almost as if you're realizing that in remembering this person, your body is trying to shut down to protect you. And you don't remember a name. And you don't remember a face. No! <laughs> my, my little moon boy! Okay. Come on, Yarrow. Come on. None of these dice feel right. Okay, this one. Is Yarrow. Come on, Yarrow. A five. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sabrina, you feel this sense of boating. And 
you were looking outside and you you saw that image on the building and then you thought of gunner and lady m and you felt a sense of reassurance and then a sense of worry paranoia and on a five you remember someone kind taller than you not threatening and different to how you've ever felt like love for another person you felt that when you stood next to this person time stopped and you felt as if you were wrapped in a quilt of comfort but as you try to think of this person's face and their name you you look out towards the east and you see the moon tower where yarrow works and presides but to you that tower is just another building on the landscape and as you look down at the tea that you're holding you see a maroon ichor that for a moment spills over the edge and you see two gaunt pale faces of Dianthus and Yara, but you can't remember their name. And for as scary as those faces appear, you know that with what's going on here, that in about a moment, you're going to forget what they look like. Nordia takes the tea, sets it on the side desk, and slams the window shut, cutting her off from this intoxicating rain that that she now is associating with with this loss of thought. And she looks around the room and she thinks about grabbing her notebook to try and figure out who those people are. But part of her knows that she's not gonna find answers anywhere anywhere here. Um, and she buckles and, and locks her satchel, which is something that she does not often do, and starts to head downstairs. At this point, you probably have your things pretty easy to go, as far as like, you know, what you feel like you'll need um, mm -hmm. for the day. You close the window. Uh, you, you take a look around the room, on your check from earlier, there's nothing there, but there is a nagging feeling. And as you look down at your tea, it it's back to normal. The color is the same. The color is back to how it should be. Uh, the steam is coming off of it once more. And you even see that the the steam is fogging up the window a little bit. And as you get ready to go, you start to hear a murmuring coming from the tavern. Uh, if you remember, the room that you're in is on the second floor. Um, and when you get to the door, it actually looks out over the bar floor. If you could do a perception check for me. I would love to do a perception check for you, Caleb. 
But not with this dice. <laughs> not with the one that just did me dirty. 19! 19. <laughs> 19. Okay. So, on a 19, I will say, uh, the last thing, as you, you open the door, you do realize that for a second, a, a cold piece of iron touches your leg, and you do realize that you have the dagger that Gunnar gave you. And I will say... You remember a moment on the beach and a promise that his blade would never be drawn against you. The dagger glows that same red that you saw in the city. But oddly enough, as you look up, coming outside of your room, you do see a familiar face in a kind of wireframe glasses, reading the daily parchment you see atlas uh downstairs uh the stranger i, I will say you had some good checks uh but the strange figure that was walking into the tavern as you were kind of zoning out was a friend of yours um someone that you have very specific memories of and if you would join me. I would like to do the first flashback, proper flashback, uh, for this uh, episode. For this, uh, because this is taking place before the breakout event, uh, you're not going to have access to your spells and things, uh, yeah. because obviously that happened before. Um, <laughs> but for any sort of checks you want to do, you are gonna, you'll keep your stats, if that makes sense. All right. um, we will just act as if you know, it's the abilities of your character, that sort of thing. Nordia, where do you think your favorite place to read would be? Just like recreationally. Recreationally. Um, recreationally, Nordia would go to if there if there's any like tea or like like if there's like a tea garden kind of tavern instead of like alcohol everybody's drinking like warm cozy drinks nordia would definitely go there to read nordia we see your character a few weeks earlier um less of like a little bit shorter hair as is typical uh not as much rips in your clothes or you know marks on your skin from some of the combat that y'all dealt with we do see Anordia working on a riveting book. Um, one that a friend recommended. However, we also see uh, next to you a very disgruntled atlas. Uh, you can see they're kind of pouring over a bunch of loose leaf pages, trying to uh, throw stuff together. You realize that this is probably one of those times where Atlas had approached you with something that they were working on uh, but it becomes pretty quickly apparent that they dropped their work on the way to come see you and so they're trying to <laughs> uh atlas is saying that I, i'm sorry um give me give me a moment please um kind of shuffling through their things and there's something that catches your eye give me insight check okay our hour i love insight 
And it loves me, Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Nordia, as you see Atlas kind of like shuffling through their things, um, I would say, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, seeing as this is a friend of yours, Atlas spends a lot of their time writing in their books. Um, sure, they they look to people in love and, and that sort of thing with a sense of curiosity, uh, but also a sense of just prescription. Like, the last time that this person has been on a date eludes you. However, uh, you do see that as they are kind of piling over their work and stuff, there is a, a ticket to one of the uh, cloud jumping races, or, or the cliff jumping races, rather, um, which isn't particularly weird. Uh, Atlas doesn't spend a lot of time there. However, uh, on a Dirty 20, what you do see is a series of numbers, um, which on a 20, I will say that Nordia would realize is kind of the same as an address. Uh, it's a coordinate for a, a place uh, which you wouldn't be able to tell what it is um, off, the, off the cuff. However, on a Dirty 20, you do spot that there is a, a lip imprint on the ticket. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just the numbers with a, a symbol, uh, almost a signature crest type of deal, and then the lip imprint. Nordia um, sees the the coordinates and very slyly, like, writes them down in her notebook really small and turns the page and flips her notebook over on the table and pushes her quill up against the ticket. Well, looks like you've been quite busy since I saw you last. <laughs> Immediately, Atlas gets flushed, um, very rosy cheeks, uh, looking around the kind of diner that y'all are in, uh, has a, a very interesting layout. You realize that in Dalbaran, there's a lot of like infusion of styles. This place, I think Nordia particularly likes because there's a butterfly garden in the middle. Uh, it's a massive tree. Uh, that has a bunch of graphs of different plants and vines and things. The building is called uh, the Honey Lily. It's a cute date spot, uh, but even, you know, if, if you're not there for dates, it's nice because uh, the yellow leaves make for a very bright room, even without any torches. And uh, the, you know, the butterflies and the scents of different flowers and stuff. Uh, a lot of people, you actually see it, you'll look around and they'll they'll pull petals off of a plant and just kind of similar to how you would stew your own tea, uh, just kind of pour hot water over it. You can see people doing it just as they kind of walk through. Um, it's a very, uh, you know, zero mission, but also very quaint space, very low tech. But you do see Atlas kind of like looking around, very, very worried for a second. They, they snatched the uh, ticket from you. I will say that even though they're nervous, they're being a little coy about it because it's like, you, you see a, the smirk go from like embarrassed 
to a little bit of like, yeah, what about it? Are you going to tell me about them or is it something I'll have to read in the next book? No, dear, I, um, I haven't actually met them yet. Crystal is evergreen. What do you mean? Well, you have your books and I, and I do my thing and, and everything has been, you know, the the events that are coming up, you, there's been a lot of practicing and stuff and, well, I I went out for a walk the other day. Um, I, it, was, it was just me and I saw some, some racers and not to say that we haven't met. I just, I just don't know what they look like. Um, and Nordia, you get this feeling as they're, they're talking, bubbling through this story. Um, they haven't seen the face of the person who left them the ticket and the note. Um, you do see that there are uh, five racers um, mm-hmm. on the ticket. Uh, and a series of like question marks and other curious symbols basically implying that Atlas doesn't know which of the five racers left them the ticket. Do you have someone you're hoping for? Well, I, um, I only saw them in their event and usually I'm not even really into this kind of thing, but, uh, I was, like I said, I was walking, and I have a tendency to looking at the papers, not look where I'm going. Um, Yes, I do know this about you. And (laughs) essentially there was a cart, and all I heard was a yell, and one of of them kind of tackled isn't the right word, but but it kind of pulled me away from a very what could have been a very tricky situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I hit my head. Uh, you'll notice, and you do realize that he's sporting uh, a, a new set of glasses. Um, I, I broke the old ones, as you can probably assume. And now I'm just trying to remember what they looked like. Uh, and Nordia, you also know that Atlas was absolutely helpless without their glasses. It's very much a Velma situation. Um, and you do know that if they were to take them off, they could not describe your face. Uh, and then they go into an account of where they were pulled aside uh, by this racer. Um, and there's a moment of almost like silly banter that happens between the two of them he, he's he's not great at telling the story he's usually great at writing and illustrating mm-hmm. moments of passion and spontaneity uh but as this kind of comes out all you really gather um from his story because you do realize that he may have been concussed or something or there, there was a level of i don't remember everything so it's coming out very jagged but they they took out the ticket uh that would be their their main event uh coming up uh you do know that it's dated for after the reckoning essentially they were practicing 
for the race that was coming up. Uh, and they left a series of coordinates and an impression through uh, Nordia. The this kind of flashback. You you remember a thirty minute hour conversation of you pushing Atlas, trying to get information, trying to see what they remember, and for lack of a better term, your effeminate touch <laughs> basically. Uh, shows you that this person, in trying to be suave and smooth, was trusting that Atlas would remember what they looked like enough to look them up after the event. And so part of the reason that Atlas has been so flustered is he can't remember what they look like or what they sounded like or really anything other than the five... Uh, that were on this list, and I'll write up. A t I'll write up the ticket. And I'll send it to you, Brina. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So your your flashback is very bright and fun, and you remember a very flustered, but sweet and optimistic friend. And as you do, you are pulled back to this moment, uh, Atlas you realize is dispelling a umbrella <laughs> a basically as they're walking through the rain they realize that similar to you in trying to remember your friends a few moments ago they realize that it was making them groggy you realize that alice is very very sleepy yawning um, but you do see that he had bewitched pieces of parchment to cover him uh, from the rain as he came back. And you get the sense that there's a moment where Nordia's head hurts. And you... By see... the way, have I had a long rest? Uh, I will say, yeah. Um, okay. Yes, from our last session. Um, something about this uh, says magic, obviously. You can't tell, though, at this moment, because you haven't seen Atlas probably since the event happened quite the parameters of what they're capable of, but you do see in seeing your friend uh, that he is a little more, he almost looks taller, a little stronger jawline, uh, not not crazy. It's not as if he's been working out anything crazy, um, but you do see a few scratches in his glasses and you get the feeling that he's had a very long week. Nordia comes down the stairs and not runs, but very hastily walks towards somebody that she knows as, as comfort. Um, and as she approaches, her first instinct is to grab the, the rims of his glasses and pull them off. And she blow like does the like exhale on the on the lenses and, and starts wiping wiping them off, um, and trying to obviously she can't repair the scratches, but trying to clear up his vision for him and puts the glasses back on his face. And says, "What would you ever do without me?" Nordia, as you kind of run your fingers over the glasses, you get 
you know when someone's wearing a like soft sweater and you touch them and you get that feeling of static jump between the two of you as your finger rubs across the glass you feel a pinch more than static Nordia, you remember a memory that's not yours and you're standing in some sort of training arena with pieces of stone and marble hanging over you suspended in time and this happens in the moment that your finger brushes across the glass um, and you say what you just said but there is a a moment of huh well that's it uh atlas takes the glasses like at this point i have no idea and he puts them back on atlas uh something what happened to you the marble the marble atlas And before Nordia speaks again, she kind of searches his eyes for any recognition of what she's saying. Yeah. And Nordia, you know Atlas very well. Even in times that he's tried to keep secrets from you, as you're describing what you experience, he's visibly concerned for you. Like, no recollection of what you're talking about. Silly me. Uh, I had some weird dreams last night. I I thought you were... Silly me. So, uh... Where'd the scratches come from? Well, uh, yeah, I imagine it's been... It's been a while. Um... Well, uh, you, he kind of turns and you realize that there is a bandage across his arm. And uh, as you kind of, you know, take a second to do a full inventory of Atlas, you get the feeling just from a quick glance uh, that he's come from some sort of uh, nursing station. The glasses are scuffed. He has some bruises. Um, he has what would appear to be a gash along his arm. And he looks to you, and he's like, uh, well, there was, as I'm sure you're aware with the Praikon event, um, a lot of new, and he kind of like looks around the room to make sure no one's eavesdropping on the conversation, developments to what we've been looking at lately. Um, just different stories and things, but, um, the night it happened, and the night since, uh, there's been a lot of attacks across town. <sighs> Nordia, it's the books that we write with the monsters and the regaling of heroes and the villains, and everything is different now. And the other night, I was attacked by something big and white and 
brutal. Uh, my arm, actually, and he kind of rolls his sleeve up, uh, and you see massive bruising. And I will say, give me a medicine check, just to kind of look and kind of see what you get from what he's showing you. 16. Um, you can see that a lot of the muscles and even parts of the bone in his shoulder had been torn. Um, Atlas, his arm was completely dislocated um, to the point where it was almost like torn off. Um, and so this bandage is very, he's very lucky to have his arm at this point. And the scratches you can pick up are probably from the same thing. And even though Atlas was using the parchment to protect himself from the rain, you do realize that there's a almost a maturation on his face. Like he's aged a bit in, in a week's time. And you do get the idea that he was attacked, as, as he's describing. Nordia takes her hand and cuffs it on his face in a very gentle way. And, and brushes the scratch marks. Do they feel human? Do they feel like a, a creature? The marks? Yes. Um, I will say on that medicine check, uh, it does feel like a creature. Norna, you've probably seen different types of, you know, basic injury, right? Maybe at some events or even in the amount of time since the magic has come back. You, you've seen some injury. You do see that Atlas's face won't scar, uh, but a lot of the, like, the scabbing and just kind of the, the lines and the marks uh, were left by some sort of either claw or hook dagger type deal. You also, just in kind of gauging the distance between, it was it was a big creature. It wasn't as if some, you know, cat or something. Yeah. Atlas. I'm... I'm so sorry. Can Nordia recall her ability to, like, see people through... The pond and check. Oh, so great. Uh, um, 13. It's 13. better than I thought it was going to be. 13. Um, I will say that I feel like that wouldn't be a particularly high roll. You don't remember how it worked, right? You, you don't remember the events and the way that you're able to call up different, you know, people and that sort of thing. Uh, but as you're trying to remember this, Nordia, you you make eye contact with Atlas, and in the frame or in the lens of his glasses, uh, you see the same visual of your dad's walking that night that they thought you were missing, and it looks almost like a reflection. You look back, and then you look to Atlas again, and the visual is gone. But you get you get the feeling that there is a an ability or a presence in the back of your mind that is being recalled in that moment, if that makes sense. I should have looked for you like they look for me. 
but not for me. What, what do you mean? I... I don't know. Uh, I, um... Atlas, everything had been going down and I... I didn't think to make sure that you were okay and I'm sorry. Um... Well... At least you... Remember me now, right? I could never forget you, Atlas. Give me a persuasion roll. Oh no! <laughs> Ten. Nordia, I believe you. And I think Nordia believes what they're saying. But you see an expanse a distance between you two, just for a moment. And then you see the kind of half smile that Atlas does whenever they are talking to someone they're trying to be nice to, like waitstaff or, you know, someone for a book. Like, you know, um, don't worry about it. Uh, I, I had a hard time remembering things. I actually, whenever everything first happened, I was kind of wandering the streets for a night or two. Kind of couldn't remember much of anything. But I, uh, I did get a new job, and that's been, it's been fun. It's been interesting. Don't worry about it. I think, I think it was just a crazy week for everybody. Does this feel like Atlas? Everything, does everything feel like him? It feels like Atlas. The mannerisms are the same. The way that he's speaking to you is mostly too grand. But Nordia, you get the feeling that you're talking to, maybe not physically, uh, but like an emotionally exhausted person. Like just someone who has been through the ringer this week, uh, dealt with injury and new magic that they're not aware of, and a traumatic experience, to be frank. Um, but it does feel like them. I will say for the moment, um, no idea, you get the feeling that maybe pressing him on it isn't the best. But you have been through a lot. Nordia grabs his hand and almost goes for the door, but remembers the rain. And she pulls him back upstairs into her room. I would like to show you some things, if you'd like. Um, oh. Uh. And Nordia unbuckles her um, satchel and pulls out her notebook. <laughs> you, you, see, you see, like, the, <laughs> the stiff demeanor vanishes for a second. There's a level of, like, what, what is this? Like, what's going on? You even hear that the the harpsichord that was being played uh, down at the bar had, for a second, changed its music to something a, li- a little more uh, jazzy, um, we'll say. But yeah, you, you do see Atlas immediately kind of like disarmed by the situation. He's just like, whoa. Um, uh, she, she looks at him and puts on this... Not It's not a facade. This is... 
Nordia is a very positive and, and happy person. And even though the situation's really frustrating, that part of her isn't gone. It's not dead, you know? She still feels joy inside and and especially seeing Atlas and knowing that from her experience, her joy has brought him joy. She looks at them and says, now, I don't know why you would ever take any other job because your books are basically the best around. Um, but I do have an idea. You always talk about writing about my dad, right? But think of this, this, this story. Let me, let me give it to you. I don't have a lot, but I do have a beautiful brute. And um, she opens her notebook and shows him the doodles um, of this man that she does not remember his name. So, Nordia, for a moment, like, leap up before you came up to this room. Atlas was being a little cold, standoffish. But at the, at the mention of writing a story of this new character, the mystery, the intrigue, uh, you actually realize that the parchment uh, that was above his head, kind of protecting from the rain, is actually now kind of revolving around him. And as you are showing pictures, you see that there is prestidigitated quills that are writing, uh, you know, details and plot hooks. And, and you, you see Atlas, you see it like a youthfulness uh, come up over him. Uh, and, you know, he's writing and he's like, he's like oh, well, the, the new job is pretty much the same as the old job. Uh, now I just have an office. Um, and he points out to the, uh, the augury uh, that I was talking about earlier. Um, and he's like, yeah, the, uh, the bookshop that is usually selling my stuff, uh, I own it. Um, I had been waiting to tell you, but I, my last book did really well. And I thought that it would be nice to uh, be the one running the shelves for a little bit. Nordia ignores the fact that there is papers flying around this man, this person, and just jumps and hooks her arms around his neck and, and hugs him so tight and is, is squealing with excitement. Um, this this is the best news, news I've heard. Atlas, that's so exciting. I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, uh, you, as, as you feel this, like, you know, this hug, and you, you remember the, the nervous Atlas, the, the cute, quirky, sitting there and fumbling to find his words to talk about a date that may or may not happen. You, you see that boy again. Even though his gra his glasses are scratched and his arm is a little sore, and for a moment uh, he hugs you back, you feel like a gentle push, and then kind of lets go, remembering himself. Oh, yes, no, thank you. Um, what happened to your floor? Well, that's the plot hook of the story. Um, the the brute. In this fictional piece, I was inspired by the floor, and he he breaks through it, and and 
And he looks at her and says, Do I recall the exact promise? That Gunner made to you on mm-hmm. the beach. I will say, give me another one of those uh, charisma rolls from earlier. 19 plus 1, dirty 20! <laughs> Very nice, very nice. That's what I needed! There you go. Noria, you, as you're, from what I can tell, trying to downplay the events that happened in that space, you do remember the exact interaction with Gunnar. You also remember Zehan and Anya and the other members that were there. There was a pretty big group, if I recall. It was somewhere between 15, 20 people. You remember every face in meticulous detail, except for two that we've already discussed. But you remember the others. Uh, you, you do remember that there was a little gnome woman who was talking to a kind stranger you remember a, a man with two metallic arms, uh, some cloaked figures. Uh, you even recall a half-elf, a blue piece of armor on his chest. And you hadn't thought about them earlier, but with that role, you do remember Cal and Zehan discussing things in hushed tones. And you do remember all but two and for a moment before you're pulled back uh you you see standing on the surf a paladin a woman with blonde hair touches of deep brown and blue gold uh gilded armor stares at you and you remember donna for a split second and then you're brought back to the space she pauses and looks at at them and says, If I ever raise my blade to you again, my duty is yours. You say this to Atlas? Yeah. As you say this, the the words as you say them come across a piece of parchment that at this point is right behind his ear. And you see, next to a a doodle of Gunner's face, you see those words. And you see Atlas bring his papers together, looking at them, confused but inspired. It really has been too long, Noria. I think I'm going to twerk on this for a little bit. Well, are you going to show me your new office? Well, sure, I, I guess I could. Um, technically, I, I'm on my lunch break, so I, I guess we could. Uh, I do have to open up in a little bit. Um, if you want to come by maybe this evening or sometime later this week, give me some time to clean up, I can, I can show you. Um, but you know, you know what, here, and you see he, he turns, pulls out of his satchel uh, a stone, and it is pretty clear uh it's a little murky um but as he hands it to you you realize that it has on the side a little wire framed emblem 
uh, you realize that it is his glasses. And he's like, uh, if you just uh, call for me, I don't know how far I'll be, but uh, you'll be able to talk to me. Um, I only have two of those, though, so please don't break it. I won't break it. <laughs> um, and you, you do realize it is similar to a traditional sending stone. Somehow, specifically infused to talk to Atlas. And for a moment, he's like, okay, so if you need anything, uh, in the meantime, let me know. I, I have to go clean up um, if you're going to be coming. Just give me a heads up, okay? Uh, I will give you a heads up, Atlas. And, um, yeah, okay. I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. Um, and as this kind of happens, the because at this point, you're both in the room, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, I will say you do hear the lunch rush start to pick up in the tavern uh, and we as players are going to take a break. Atlas leaves, uh, basically telling you to check in on them. Uh, they gave you a means to communicate with them, um, which will be easier to figure out, you know, later. Just kind of sit and toy with it a little bit. We can. I don't necessarily want to break down the the stats of every magic item with you on stream, so we'll do that after. That being said, where's your head at, Nordia? What What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Knowing that that. That building that she saw earlier is connected to Atlas. She trusts him and trusts now that she has this sending stone. And can I assume that he can also contact me through it? Um, I would say, yeah. Nordia is going to look back at, at, the, at the window. And is it still raining? It is still raining. Um, I was about to be like, I don't need, I don't need a check. To, I don't need a roll for that. It is still raining. Um, Nordia, I will say though, your curious but careful nature in this regard, um, before you leave the space that you're in, you would wait until the rain was back to normal, if that makes sense. And, and it does. Uh, throughout, a little bit throughout the morning, uh, about lunchtime or so, the, the rain becomes more before it smelled sweet but, mm -hmm. but not in the way that rain smells sweet but but as if it had a perfume to it as if something was up now it's just it's rain it, it, it smells good i i personally like the smell of rain nordia would have before she like went downstairs to take her mind off it to wait for everything um she would have slipped a like little jar or something to catch the rain that had been falling before. Gotcha. Give me, give me an arcana check. Uh, not, not to figure it out necessarily, but I will say to try to maintain this magic or to kind of capture it. 
Here we are, here we are, here we are. Today, it's, it's, this is it was so big brain of me. Can I roll with a bitch? Let me see. Let's see what the dice say. <laughs> okay. What'd you roll? A seven. Wait, Arcana? Plus five. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Okay. You can roll again. And we will see what happens. Man, no, 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 this is Okay. Instead of a 12, it would be a 14. Okay. Okay. I don't imagine you struggle too much to find the energy to go about your day, right? Nornia seems like a pretty peppy, you know, even if you need caffeine or something. Like, once you're going, you're going. However, um, with the, uh, you know, the conversation with Atlas, you come back upstairs, uh, you do try to capture some of the rain. And I will say what that first roll did, um, because it was a, a roll that went against an effect that I had. And I rolled a 13. Nordia, you remember how I said it felt like you were being watched earlier? Yeah. There's a moment where you you are trying to place this glass on the, let's say, like the windowsill, right? Trying to catch some of this rain. For a moment, uh, the the glass kind of slips from your fingers, and you you reach out to catch it. Uh, as you, as you do, you kind of pull back up, and the rain gives you a disorienting. It, it feels heavy. Uh, and as you look up, you see in the clouds a dark, not even a shadow, but if you've ever seen a shadow on a cloud, that's what it looks like. Uh, and it's a, a tall hooded figure. But as you shake it off and make kind of a second attempt to catch some of this rain, uh, you you actually notice that some of the water, uh, as you focus on this glass, uh, seems to almost funnel, and you're able to step back. And there's a, it's still the color of water, but almost with a energy to it, a carbonation, if you will, and a little bit of glitter, almost. And I imagine you seal it. Or something, you know, you, you find some way to like hold on to it, uh, and it does maintain its effect. But over the course of a few minutes, um, you feel the presence that was kind of over you, watching you, uh, dissipate. You look out, you don't see anyone on a roof, you don't see any shadowy figures, but you do feel a little bit of. The funny thing with Kalistar is your relationships to dreams. The effects and charms that people try to put on you. Um, as you've done, I would imagine, a little bit of research over the past couple days. You think that if this was Atlas or one of your human friends, uh, that this rain would have had a severe, like, magical effect on them. Uh, but you're able to shake it off. And you have the water. I'm going to make a note of that. Nordia 
When she feels the figure off of her, she feels like she can finally like close her eyes. Be before Nordia didn't know how to handle the dream thing, especially with with Donna and how she took her. But part of her knows that at least from her understanding where she's been, when she's been in a dream, she's had control. And Nordia before didn't feel that kind of control over the dream realm. And now with everything going on, it feels like she has more control there than anywhere else. And she closes her eyes and though she does not intend to sleep or to dream, uh, she gets uh, comfort from it. And she's not scared that when she closes her eyes, she'll see that figure again. Yeah, so for those of y'all who don't know, uh, Nordia's racial trait uh, basically says severed from dreams. Uh, you're immune to magical spells and effects that require you to dream like the dream spell, but not to spells and effects that put you to sleep like the sleep spell. And that is interesting because, uh, Nordia, I, I will say as you take this moment, you do somewhat dream and it's it's always different for you than it is for the others but from moment you are standing on a non-material plane you feel almost as if you are flying but in place uh just kind of suspended in air and you do see a foreboding figure in front of you and you see long distended fingers reach out towards you but as they do you are able and you you see you see this man this person cock their head as they realize that they can't grab you and they dissipate and Noria you're standing alone in this space and then you feel yourself not fall in a, a scary sense, but if you've ever dreamed and you, you get that feeling of like you're moving into another space. Nordia, you, you for a moment, you see yourself standing uh, at the window and I'll say you're you're kind of asleep, like just kind of like zoning out, you know, your, your forehead against the glass a little bit, uh, but you can actually see your body and you look out onto the streets of Dalbaran, and you, you see that even though the rain earlier was kind of putting people to sleep, having the effect, people are starting to, to gain that energy. Uh, and you realize that part of the reason that the rain doesn't have the effect that it had is the, the extension that you've put into the dream space. Uh, you get the feeling just from what you know of magic so far is that a concentration on an effect was dropped and it has kind of released the people of the city and before you can really feel proud or whatever it is that you feel Nordia's immediate reaction would be uh, you do look down onto the city 
and uh, as you're jostled awake, you see a group of wardens chasing a, a group of, of four. As you wake up, you remember the metal helmet of Gunner, and you recognize him on the street being chased by the wardens, and you're kind of brought back. How, how far away is he? Um, I will say, because that was kind of like a dream effect, and now you're just kind of like getting jostled, give me a flat roll. Um, and that's going to dictate something. Oh no, I It's a, this, this is not my roll. And I understand, I hear you die, so I'll give it to somebody else. <laughs> a 13. A 13. Um, <laughs> the reason I had it as a flat roll is because it, it was mostly you... You know that feeling of when you were like waking back up and you're like, where am I type deal? <laughs> it's kind of mm-hmm. that. You have that moment of like, okay, where am I? What's happening? Um, and you do, because that's probably the first time you've been able to actually make a physical connection to a dream, uh, like a one-to-one, like, oh, this is time and space. And this is something that's also happening inside time and space. Um, you are brought back and you know the direction, you know it's not too far, um, but what's most helpful, and the reason I had you do the flat roll, is uh, a group of wardens downstairs head out, uh, and the way that your window is positioned, you see a group of three or four, you can't really tell at the moment, uh, of wardens just kind of like running out into the street, uh, presumably to, to join the group uh, that were chasing Gunner, and some other figures that you don't seem to know. Nordia opens her window the rest of the way, and not out of memory necessarily, not out of, of mental memory, but, a, but like a, a physical muscle memory. Nordia trusts herself to, to jump out the window, to start chasing after them. Okay, okay. Because I remember what you're referencing, I'm gonna give you advantage. That's pretty cool. <laughs> but I am going to need acrobatics. Yeah, no, that's so fair. I knew I wasn't getting away with it that easy. Okay. Okay, okay. To... I was a 16 on the first one and a nine on the second one. So 16 plus one, 17. 17. I will say, uh, yeah, you've made that jump before. Um, even though you don't necessarily recall, uh, Norda, you also realize, like, you are pretty straight up, like, going straight from sleep to sprint. (laughs) Um, and so before you're even fully aware of what's happening, your boots hit the ground. And, uh, I will say, you know, with advantage, for a moment you kind of slip. But you're able to shake off, and you you run out into the street. You're kind of following these wardens. Um, I'll say on the 16 too. The rain. 17 kind of, total. 17 total. Uh, the the rain kind of covers up the sound that you'd made, right? So mm-hmm. as you're uh, kind of following these wardens, I imagine you're not trying to join in their group, uh, but, but you do get um, over the course of. Not too long, maybe a minute or two of kind of like sprinting out into the streets. Nordia, do you think you're like holding anything or are you just kind of like full sprint? She wouldn't be holding anything in her hand, but knowing that she's like kind of like trying to evade these wardens as well, um, 
she'd have her hand on the dagger that's tucked in the, the thigh holster. Gotcha. I, I will say then, since that is what your character is doing, uh, you you get this feeling as you're going, like weaving between streets. Uh, the dagger kind of grows warmer as you seem to be getting closer uh, to this person um, who you can't remember the name quite yet. But sometimes the wardens take a turn and you feel the, the dagger kind of sway you away. Like as if the arcane focus in this object is directing you. Um, and I will say with that character choice, you're actually able to get in front of the wardens, uh, not directly in front of them, honestly, but uh, you do beat them by a few seconds. And as you kind of pull out, there's a, a market and uh, to the right a bit, there's not, not an alley, not like a dark decrepit alley, uh, but just kind of a, a street with a bunch of tables and kind of people casually walking through. Uh, you do catch up to some of the figures that you saw earlier. Um, and in your mind, you're, you're thinking of a, a metal helmet. You can't, you can't see it at first. However, you do see a, a shorter, very focused... Uh, there, there's two people. Uh, one is a, a wood elf with very sharp eyes and uh, all white clothes, uh, hood, uh, you know, typical, you know, armor, that sort of thing. You can tell they have a very sharp focus. They're holding two crescent moon-shaped daggers. Uh, they're standing next to a man with red hair and mostly, like, light blue robe type deal. You can tell that he's kind of a fighter, but he's also not, like, very foreboding. Um, but what really catches your eye is they're they're standing next to a hippogriff, um, and the three of them are kind of cornered by these wardens, and you don't see the man you're expecting. Uh, the, the dagger still kind of directs you in a way, but you turn and you actually see a a group of these wardens. The the figures I just described are in front of you, like kind of closer to the wall. Uh, you see a, a warden holding Atlas up by his shirt and having, and he's pushed against the building. Uh, you get the idea that in leaving the place earlier had somehow gotten caught up in whatever's going on here. And you still don't see, you still don't see Gunner. Uh, Is it just this group and the wardens? Give me a perception check. Perception is plus two, 21. I was going to have something if you didn't roll pretty good on that. Uh, Nordia, for a second, you are there and you're like, why would this dagger bring me to Atlas? I was just with them. I don't know these people. Uh, what's going on? But you do see your friend getting kind of accosted. And you also see a level of familiarity between Atlas and the small elven woman. But before you can necessarily intervene, uh, I'll say on the 21, you'd position yourself in a way as not to get kind of clocked or suspected. You do feel a a forceful but respectful pull on your shoulder. Um, and you, excuse me, ma'am. 
and a tall shirtless man with uh, black armored pads, a metal helmet, uh, doesn't make eye contact with you, but steps uh, in front and starts to go towards the the wardens that are at, the, at this point kind of uh, roughing Atlas down a little bit. I mind link with him. With? With, with who I assume is Gunner. Who you assume is Gunner. I'll say on a 21, you do recognize the face. You do recognize okay. the man. And I, so you do mind link with, with this man. Well, first, what do you say? Do not underestimate <laughs> Do not underestimate them. Step back. Nordia, as Gunner turns, there's a level of malice and deja vu in his eyes where he he looks at you in a almost accusatory sense like who are you to stop me like whatever you you get a lot of like quick thoughts of just like like move you don't know what you're doing and then he he looks and sees the dagger and for the first time he maintains a a soft eye contact with you we will talk about this. Uh, he steps towards them, but in hearing what you had to say, kind of takes a a stern knee to kind of just watch what happens in the situation. Nordia, how do you think Atlas would respond to a shakedown like this? Nervous little boy, not not gender boy, boi. <laughs> I I don't think Atlas has ever done anything to hurt anyone ever in his in, in his life. I think they are a very like soft person when it comes to like others, um, and not like not a physically threatening way. But I Atlas is also kind of strong, like deceptively, um. They look like a very lanky, like, human, um, but they they are definitely strong. And so I think that Atlas' first instinct would be, like, the easiest way is just to let them do what they need to do. But with everything that seems to be going on with them, I think they, um, they maybe can, would, like, try to get the, the warden off of them. Um, could you give me a, a flat roll? And basically, below 10, it's going to be something. And above 10, it's going to be something. I'm so nervous. 12. 12. Nordia, as you are kind of thinking through this, uh, you are mind-linked with Gunner, and so he can sense a bit of your your understanding of this person, your familiarity, but... You, you get a sense that he's kind of like looking between the group of you. And I, w- I will say that there, there's a point where the, the warden that's holding Atlas kind of turns him and starts to, to push him down the alley towards the, the church and the, the region of town where the high courts are. As soon as I see him step away from the rest of the group, I'm going to try and cast sleep on that guard. Okay. All right, go for it. Okay, I'm a little nervous. 
Okay, let me remember how this works. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it at level two. I'm gonna do it at level two. It's 68. That's a good amount of dice. Okay, okay, okay. These are pretty good. Okay, let me do the math. Eight plus four plus four plus seven plus eight plus six equals 37. 37, okay. This guard had 30 hit points. So, uh, and I was just checking that to make sure I had that right. So this <laughs> guard had, had 30 hit points. As you do this, part of, part of the problem with a improper, you know, shakedown, right? An, an arrest that is, you know, by all indications, Atlas should not be accosted by this person. Part of the problem as an individual who is performing an act like that is you have to be discreet. Um, so the other wardens that had chased had kind of been nodded off, essentially uh, sent to kind of make a perimeter, keep their distance, that sort of thing. Um, Nordia, what does your sleep spell look like? Um, Nordia, for the first time in a little bit, has taken her hand off of the dagger and instead has slipped it into her satchel, pulled out her quill, and in the way that you, and instead of the kind of like quick blows that she's done on it before, she blows on it like you would blow on a dandelion. These little strands come off and they like, it's like the quill is magically writing like the little Z's that you see when when little cartoon characters fall asleep and they like lullaby their way into um the the warden's ears and weave in and out of them i will say as this happens atlas was being kind of like pushed and in the moment right before the sleep spell hits you actually see atlas in a swift motion unhook their arm and clock the guy just like in the temple right and mm -hmm. he, he gets hit pretty good and for a second you can tell atlas wasn't like it wasn't any sort of you know death blow type deal but like just yeah. kind of like a get off me type deal uh and before the warden can react these soft sleep tendrils make their way uh and the guy kind of like passes out and atlas and this elven woman kind of catch him by his shoulders and just kind of start to walk him off, you know, into a covered area in the alley. And he's asleep. And I will say with your checks leading up to that, uh, it doesn't look like you're clocked quite yet. But now that this warden is asleep, what are you going to do? In mind link, Nordia says to Gunnar, well, maybe it's just me that you shouldn't underestimate. And she's going to like kind of swiftly try to run around to the other side of where the alley would end um so that she's not right where atlas was but instead kind of in front of him and like waving him forward so in into or out of the alley like is it is the alley created by like just two buildings yeah. or is it so she would go around one of the buildings and she would be at the end of the alley. Okay. I like that. Give me a stealth check. 
these are the ones that make me nervous because that one game when I did a stealth check, I ruined it for everyone. <laughs> oh boy, don't you remind me. It's crazy. 19! Oh, uh, you kind of cut out a little bit. Oh, was that 19? <laughs> yeah. Nordia, I will say that there was a, a possibility, right? Uh, you you start to move, and you know your your deal isn't necessarily to be sneaky and do sneaky things, mm -hmm. but you have I will say your stealth is more of an intuitive thing than anything. You you do recognize the kind of scouting pattern that they're going in. And you're able to, similar to how someone would like nonchalantly be as innocent, for lack of a better word, as possible, uh, you, you are able to pretty easily sneak through. Um, and there was a situation, you know, based on the last couple checks, uh, where the guards got to you. But on 19, especially with what you're dealing with stats-wise, I will say you do get the group. I say the group. The, the man that was standing next to the hippogriff uh, kind of hops on, whispers something to the elven woman. There's like a, a level of, you know, kind of looking around each of you, then a nod, and then they fly off and the wardens chase after them. And so it is you, uh, Gunner, Atlas, the sleeping warden, and then the elven woman. What have you gotten yourself into, Atlas? He he looks to you, and then you see that he is kind of cheating out, meaning like he is standing behind the elven woman, uh, who's a bit shorter than he is, but he looks suspicious of Gunner, who at this moment, with all the excitement and stuff that has happened so far, you realize that although this is the face that you remember, the garb is a little different, and you realize that he's wearing a warden cape. And so Atlas doesn't say anything. Nordia looks at Gunnar. That's... those aren't yours. I will say, with the mind link, it'll be at advantage. Uh, okay. Give me a persuasion check. Okay, good thing that was an advantage, because that first one was a two. Okay, 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 it's persuasion. 17. Nordia, what I want to describe in this moment, I will need your help, because as you as you say that to Gunnar, uh, on a 17, it's more than you convincing him to reveal whether those are his or not. Um, you are so certain, and based off of the somewhat fractured, but but very real memories that you have of this person, you watch Gunner's expression that up to that point had been pretty rude, pretty gruff, specifically towards Atlas. And Gunner looks down and realizes that those are indeed not his cloak, not his things. And on the 17... I will say uh, two things. One, Nordia, you do at this moment remember Gunner's name. And I would like at this point, because you have this mind link and everything that you were dealing with with the magic earlier, what is the 
either the visual or the sentence or just like the, the thought that you would share with Gunner to prove that it wasn't his. To, to prove that you know this person. It would be the image of when she has the blade in part of his, like by his chest, but he still has his shoulder pads on, like the different ones. And they're looking at each other and it's just the the, the breathing and, and staring at each other um, on the beach from when they were training. You watch a a feverish expression as since you are mentally connected you feel a rush of memory hit him uh, and, and you get the feeling it would have taken another player or another character it might have taken a little bit more to piece all this together figure all this out uh, but you you see Gunner remember who you are in real time and he in one swift motion kind of steps towards you it's a couple steps between the two of you but he he steps and as he does atlas kind of steps forward to get between you two nordia puts up her hand and looks directly at at gunner and does not look at atlas and says he would not draw his weapon at me because if he did duty would be mine. As this happens, he unclips. You notice that the the helmet that he's wearing isn't the same one that he had earlier. Neither <laughs> are the pads. Even the blade is smaller and it's not his. So as he steps towards you, he un, unsheaths everything. Everything kind of drops and he steps forward and you're not quite sure what he's going to do, but he he gets to a point where he's standing just above and just in front of you. We're going to have to go. And there are more coming. Whatever you say. Behind you, you just hear Alex go, what the fuck? And then you get, get, get kind of cut off by, uh, you know, a couple... Uh, carts and things, you know, things start to light back up on the street. Uh, the bird honking in the But but yeah, the the four and a half, meaning the four of you and the sleeping warden, start moving um, because Gunner is saying, not not that you're necessarily being chased at this moment. I'm not. This isn't like one of those things. Where all right, we're going to have a big chasing type deal. Um, but he is pretty convincing in the sense that y'all probably should just stand in this space with this passed out warden. Yeah, no, that's not fair. <laughs> um, but I will say uh, uh, three things. First, where do you think you would head? Secondly, I remember everything about Lady M, right? Mm-hmm. I go to her shop. Okay. So, so you're heading towards the shop. Second thing is, what do you think you're doing with the warden? Oh, I think Nordia would send everybody else to go towards the shop and have the have her her strong pals take the warden and like lay him like on a tree, like he was dozing off on a tree, and send them away and try to like 
influence his dream in some way to try and make it seem like in his dream he would remember coming here and while it could still be perceived as a dream it could be one of those things where you like don't really know if it's a dream or not okay she it's not as much as she's trying to like go into his dream and influence it it's like a kind of like call to whatever had called to her when they were in that cave and um she's like calling to to have them help her for atlas for gunner for for everyone okay cool so i guess the third thing uh now that i know what you're doing in this moment Mm -hmm. um with your your actually very good stealth and perceptions and different things i'm gonna say for the purposes of this dream that you're trying to kind of imprint on to this warden if you could give me a roll with your spellcasting modifier love to hear it because this does seem like something that nordia would be able to do but you know as a dm i can't just give it to you um 17. 17. got that good good plus seven spell modifier. (laughs) there you go um i will say with a 17 you you find an area if you remember uh lady m shop is on the most southern and kind of western portion of the Mm -hmm. island Uh, i'm working on getting a map with freckle so we'll, we'll do all that later but uh, having that drawn up, but uh, you do know that they're by the beach and there is kind of a, a forested area as you get over there. And you do find a tree. Uh, Atlas and this woman are able to pick up a, a couple items and things to kind of leave at the warden's side, basically. So like, as he comes to, uh, there's a couple empty tankards. Uh, Gunner leaves his, uh, the warden he keeps the cape, uh, but he does leave uh, some of the uh, emboldened clips and stuff, like to uh, basically just like take off the pieces that would signify that you are a warden. Um, so he, he just keeps the, the cloak, uh, but leaves most of the stuff that you get through. I'll say it took you a few minutes to figure this out. And just before the warden kind of comes to, uh, y'all are able to get away from him but gunner kind of gruffly explains like i uh woke up this morning wasn't quite sure (sighs) a lot of things really and i uh i woke up outside of that tavern um and nordia you remember that you you woke up to what you thought was thunder um, but as Gunner kind of recounts how his morning started, you realize that he had taken a morning walk, and the sound of thunder you had heard was, and I'll, I'll say this becomes kind of visual because you have like the mind link with Gunner at this mm-hmm. moment. Uh, as Gunner is coming back from his walk and it starts to rain, different effects happen. He falls asleep right outside the door of your room and collapses. Uh, And then Gunner explains how a group of guards woke him up and based off of his 
stature and just kind of the obvious military training he had had, they had assumed that he was a warden. And so that morning they had been trying to explain to him, you know, his duties and patrol and all sorts of stuff. So earlier I had asked if you want to do an investigation or perception. Um, and so that's what that was for, just to let you know. But yeah, Gunner had spent his morning and most of his day trying to re-figure out who he was, couldn't really remember his name or anything, up until this exchange. My heart! I, um, Gunner, you came for me. Well, um, of course I did. You, uh, you have my dagger, after all. Right. Your dagger. I can return it, if you'd like. Uh, as you you say that, he, he tends to do this thing where he, you know, big strong man, right? But whenever you for lack of a better word, embarrass him. He, uh, he'll put on his helmet and, and try to position his himself staring like as opposite of you as he can. He's <laughs> like, um, uh, but, um, don't be ridiculous. It's a tiny little thing. Uh, I can hardly use it. Um, and, and you see he kind of like pulls his pack and starts to put on his blade and you know like pieces of his armor look starts to look back to how you remembered him but he does not take the dagger from you when he gets his armor back on nordia places her hand on his uh chest piece says and yet you came all this way for it and starts to pull the dagger and walks away. At this point, you you hear movement and for a moment you think that Gunner is maybe following you or shuffling, um, but you actually hear and see Atlas. Uh, kind of with his finger in Gunner's chest, like you were chasing. Oh, what? What was that about? Uh, and uh, the the tone shifts a little bit uh, as the focus is away from the dagger. But you do see uh, at this moment back to how you remember Gunner of of just being like uh, oh, apologies. Uh, that was. A misalignment of duty, I suppose. Uh, I was under the impression that I was under the service of, well, I suppose y'all would know more about them than I would, but Any, anyways, uh, apologies. Uh, he starts to say friend, but he kind of like cuts out a little bit. Uh, sir, apologies for... In Gunner's head, Nordia says, Atlas. Uh, Atlas. Um, it's a interesting name. Uh, sh strong name. 
that, if I remember correctly. Interesting stories about that one. Uh, you see that, like, Gunner, even though he's well-intended in this moment, kind of, like, blubbering through, Atlas is just kind of looking at him, like, annoyed, not scared anymore, um, but just like, dude, what the heck? Like, who is this guy? Like, uh, looking, he looks back towards the, uh, the woman, and I want to make sure that I have her name spelled correctly. Sue. She steps forward, and, uh, very, uh, shorter than you, Nordia, uh, small, uh, but, you know, trying to make themselves taller, kind of, like, extend their hand, it's like, I'm Sue, Atlas doesn't really talk about you, but we don't really talk about personal stuff, so, so that makes sense, I guess, um, nice, nice to meet you, I guess. When... When they say Atlas doesn't really talk about you, does Nordia pick up on any tinge of of something of some sort? Give me an insight check. I'd love to give you an insight check. Okay, okay. Okay, plus four. Fifteen. Fifteen. That makes sense. You know what? I need to find... You know how you have, like, dice for specific people, right? Yeah. This one has a specific die. Um, you do sense a level of agitation. Uh, they don't particularly know whether to trust you or not. A 15's pretty good. I'll say... This person is nervous to make eye contact with Atlas. Um, you see that whenever they do, uh, they become very focused on the ground and the the beach and, and certain things. But I'll say on a 15, you also know Atlas. <laughs> and the obliviousness that they are showing in this moment would have you suspect that they do not have an intimate history but atlas is definitely missing something what what was their name again uh sue sue uh t-s-u-e sue uh naughty thornwood and atlas not mentioning me does hurt but he's my best friend and Sometimes he's a little forgetful. Uh, sometimes oblivious. You, you do get a... You know how friends are, right? You say mm -hmm. something that is poignant, but a little bit of a jab. Uh, he, at that point, kind of like... Wait, wait, what did I miss? Well, he doesn't say this, but you, you you see it on his face. It's just like, mm -hmm. wait, 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 oblivious? What? Nordia leans to Sue. You have nothing to worry about. Um, and, and leans back up and says, Are you two coming with us or not? Um, uh, what? Going with you to, to where? The safest place in the world. Nodia, uh, as you say this, 
Um, is your connection with Gunner still up? Mm-hmm. Um, the two of you recall a a moment that had not come up to you or had not been on your mind until this moment. Uh, but do you do remember a group of people being enthralled by vines and kind of like pulled and you, you still can't remember a couple of the people that were in that situation. And actually, because you can't remember some of them, you remember someone might have died. And I will say to you, the player, this is coming from a, a memory that is incomplete. Um, but, but Nordia, in saying this, you're not necessarily sure that this is the safest place. Um, you probably are confident that it is a good place to go. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that as the player, you can't go there. Uh, but as you start going, there, there's a, uh, a thought in the back of your mind that you're like, I hope this is the safest place. Yeah. Um, and, uh, their mind link, Nordia says, the, the safest place for me, the, sa the safest place in the world for me, just don't piss off the plants. There, there's a moment between Atlas and, and Sue, and when you say plants specifically, uh, they start to laugh. And it's kind of the first time you've seen Atlas like be f like friendly in a warm way with someone other than yourself. And uh, I will say, with that insight of fifteen, there's just a brief moment where you you can almost taste not quite murderous intent but a threat in Sue's eyes and then they keep laughing and you start to walk Nordia sees not sees but feels in herself for a second a moment that she does not recognize completely but something similar in herself to what she saw in, in Sue. As you head towards the shop, are there any stops or points of order or things that you want to say for your character? With the limited memories that she has and now getting the, the like faith back in her from the memory jolting back into Gunner. I think she's ready to fully look at her notebook again and try and figure out what pieces she still has. And even though she cannot remember their faces or their names, Nordia would turn to a blank page and not draw, not write, but kind of like mindlessly let her quill move in her hand, trying to recall something about an image in her tea this morning. Nordia, as you do that, if you could give me one last Christmas item. I don't even want to look at it. I'm so nervous. Six! Noria, as you are, you think that since 
the magic was dispelled or halted or whatever. You think that maybe if you push a little bit, a little bit more, you can remember something. Um, but as your feet kind of absently bring you through the trees and to where the shop is, you realize that you can't remember, you can't remember a person or two, that you're forgetting something important. And before you can dive too much deeper into what that means, you start to see Lady M shop in the distance. At this point, you're kind of close. But before you could knock on the door, you hear a crash in the woods behind you. And as you turn around, you you feel Gunner and Atlas both reach out to, to pull you back. And before the trees break apart and you see what it is what it is that is coming out. We're going to end tonight's session. Well, uh, strangers and friends, thank you for joining us on tonight's session of uh, the Tales of Dalbaran. 